Are you tired of feeling like you have to hide your faith in order to be successful in business? Welcome to the Flamingo Advantage podcast, where Christian marketing and client experience coach Katie Horner leads you to embrace your uniqueness, to see the marketplace as a mission field, and your business as an act of worship. Welcome back to another episode of the Flamingo Advantage podcast. I'm so excited about our guest today. God is moving in America, and I hope that you can feel that. Our guest today is an author, speaker, coach, consultant, very on key to this whole thing of God's movement. And first and foremost, she's a Christian mom, a grandmother. Uh, she has her eyes on the pulse of what is going on in our nation, specifically in the United States, but also around the world, the morality of America, what is going on there, God stirring the souls of the country to awakening and to revival. She believes that we're being called to be bold and courageous. One of the reasons that I wanted so badly to bring her onto the show is that theme of boldness and courage to do what God has called you to do. And she's just an amazing woman. She's got 25 years of experience in corporate. She has a PhD in organizational leadership. And in her new book, she is diagnosing the disease of our nation and pointing us to Jesus as the only cure. So please help me welcome to the podcast today, the author of Jesus Come Revive America, Dr. Deborah Dean. Welcome in. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for the intro. That's that's awesome. I am so excited to be here, and the timing of this podcast could not be better. I'm just it's so excited about what God is doing in America right now. Yes, yes, I am too. And I know that the whole theme of your new book just released earlier this year, Jesus Come Revive America. We were just chatting prior to starting the recording for the show that it released around the same time as that Asbury revival broke out this year. And so talk to us a little bit about how God brought that book about and and just the the impact of the timing of all of this. So when somebody finishes their doctorate, there's always that, okay, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? And my doctorate was about religion and spirituality in the workplace. And so I was mulling around ideas about, you know, spirituality in the workplace and spiritual leadership for years. I finished my degree in 2017, but I kept hearing God say, wait. So 2018 came, my father died in 2018 came. Um, I left corporate in 2018. So God was working in my life throughout these years. And I kept hearing him say, wait, it's not time yet to write the book. So 2019, I started, I was anxious, so I started writing the book, and it was more of an observation of let me look around the world and see what's happening. Well, we know what happened in 2020, and so that was huge with the the divide and the incivility in America and COVID and just the polarization that happened in America. And that's when the writing really started in 2019, 2020, and um, God was saying, now you can start to write. And so it's been a process with writing the book. It's about 65,000 words in the book. But through that, it was God saying, write it about these specific things. It aligns exactly with the ministry where in 2020, I think it was December 2020, someone from the White House Faith and Opportunities Initiative, she called me and we were talking and she said, Dr. Dean, where are all the Christians? And she was just crying and sobbing. And I thought, wait a minute, I saw that in corporate when I left in 2018. But if she's actually working in a religious group with our government and she's not seeing the Christians and she's not feeling the support, we have some big problems. 
bigger than I expected. And so that launched, that was December 2020, that launched the Ministry of His Kingdom Matters. So in that, it's talking about being bold and courageous, how we have to get off of our couch, not be a closet Christian, but really be ready and willing to speak up for what's right and take a look at the moral compass of our country and and start to speak up and say, you know, this isn't right. I'm not going to watch this TV show or I'm not going to invest my money in this place because I don't agree with that value system. And then to prepare for revival. Little did I know as I'm doing the research back in 2020, 2021 about revival and I'm learning about Francis Asbury and all of the amazing evangelists over the years, starting with Jonathan Edwards in the United States, and then hearing Billy Graham talk about the greatest revival in history, I thought, ooh, what's that? He talks about it being in Nineveh, and I think, okay, Nineveh, wait, that's Jonah and the whale. Wait, this distraction that we've had all these years about, is it a whale or is it a fish? But what about the, what about the revival? And so digging into that revival and realizing where was Nineveh and what was happening in Nineveh and, oh my goodness, the realization that Nineveh is just like America is today. They were one of the the leading places in the world. They had some of the the most amazing like metropolitan city and culture and and intellect and just such a progressive place in the world, but so much sin so much uh, just uh, evil and adulterous nation, as they call it in the Bible. And I think, wow, that could be the United States today. And where is Nineveh? It's gone. You know, so how many more years or, or centuries will it take before the United States is gone because we didn't answer the call and, and heal from revival, which Nineveh did. Nineveh actually did have a revival, one of the greatest revival in history. But once their leader died, the country fell and it, it is no more. So all that's in the book. And then the the final part of the book is talking about being Christian and living a Christian lifestyle. So as we go through revival, which we see people doing now at Asbury, and I think it's more than 50 universities in the United States. So it's so exciting that there should be a heart change. It's like having a heart transplant and saying, okay, this is no longer what I want in life. This is what God wants me to do in life. And that's going to mean we do things different. We look different. We act different. We think different. So that last part of the book is living a holy lifestyle. And what does that mean? And how can we live in the world, but not of the world? So much of this resonates with me because, you know, the, the Flamingo Advantage is all about leveraging that unique piece of you to stand out and be bold and courageous, to not be ashamed of the way God made you and the gifts that he gave you to go out and use them in the world that he's put you in mm-hmm. to be able to make a difference. And the revivals, the the historical ones, the four that you mentioned in your book, I, I think there was one in each century, 17, 18, 19, and then 20s, and then this one just this year in 2023. And we're seeing how the basis of each of them is that the repentance peace and that the coming to God and recognizing my own sinfulness, being willing to make that right. And as you said, live differently from here on out. And what do you see as the potential for hope in our community and in our world today based on that coming to God, being transformed by his presence and choosing to live differently? Oh, goodness. Well, the main hope is that 
we have more brothers and sisters that we will see in heaven. And that's our hope in Christ is that people who were dead in sin before these revivals or before even, you know, before today, that they are answering to God and saying, yes, Lord, I'm falling to my knees. I'm, I'm sinful. I need a savior and I'm going to be in heaven because I trust and believe in Jesus Christ. That's the main hope. But I'm also seeing this sense of hope, which has me excited about where we are in America today. Frankly, when we were ending 2022, it was a little dismal. It was a little, you know, the the world we lived in, it was like, wow, what has happened to, to this country? What has happened to this world? It was pretty depressing. So as Christians, we're thinking, yep, you know, we know it's going to get bad in the end times, and we know that God's going to come back and but we still have people that we want to take with us to heaven. And so, <laughs> so, so, um, there's this sense of hope that God's not done with us yet. God still has a plan for the United States and for this world that we're in. And to me, it's super exciting that there's this hope that, that people are still, you know, where are all the Christians? They're starting to show up and be bold and courageous. So to me, that's so much hope in the future. I love that. And. One of the things that also stands out in Revival, and I want to tie this back to your business, is that once we get a sense of what God is doing, we are no longer afraid or hesitant to put our resources behind it, right? When God gets a hold of someone, not only is there repentance and change, but there's also a a reprioritization of our resources. And you have taken something that most people consider a ministry and it is something that you have created a business around. You have this membership at hiskingdommatters.com where you're creating community of believers who are wanting to live out revival and live for the Lord. And you've got your book for sale and you've got, you speak and you do all these other things. What would you say to the people who are like, oh, but if it's ministry, you can't make money with it. Why are you charging if it's for God's work and all of that? Because I think there's there is sort of a a misalignment sometimes in our thinking around what is okay to charge for and what is not. I'd love to hear your take on that and how, you know, just how you you handle this as you've created this unique kind of business. Sure. That has been an issue with this since I started it. One, they've questioned, you're a woman, how dare you do anything with ministry? And I think, okay, I've made it clear, you know, I'm I'm an educator. I'm not trained in ministry. I'm trained to to read and investigate things and do research. So I do that well with the Bible, but I'm not a preacher. I'm I'm an educator. And so the other part is how do you pay for that? I actually had somebody that I tried to be all cute with his kingdom matters and charge 316 for John 316. So it's $316 for your annual fee. And that gives you the membership, lifetime membership to get into it. And with that, you get the sense of community and you get to be equipped as a Christian to know how to go out and be bold and courageous and how to live a, a holy lifestyle. So there's there's value for that 316. And people pushed back and said, Jesus, yes, 316, no. And I thought, but you can't have one without the other. Truly, with 316, it is John 316 and that Jesus uh, loved us so much that he died for us. So it's taking that stand, still being bold and courageous and saying, I can have a ministry and still make a profit. I had some people come to me and say, oh, this should be nonprofit. And I, I, I met with people to understand the, 
the differences between profit and nonprofit. And I said, no, at least for now, it's for profit because I need to maintain control of this ministry. This ministry was founded with God and me. I've made sure he's my CEO. He's the one in charge. He's the one telling me what to do. And I don't want to bring in other voices right now that may change that direction. It's it, This is God's ministry. And the other part to that is there was a, there's a book called Everything Has Been Loaned to You by Robert Wiemet, and his name is O-U-I-M-E-T. And he had inherited a factory from his parents, and he had a lot of money, and he felt really guilty about having all that money. So he made a, well, he made many pilgrimages to Calcutta to meet with Mother Teresa, and he told her he wanted to give all his money to, to her. And she said, no, it's not your money. It's God's money. Everything you have, whether it's your spouse, your children, whatever resources you have, your money is God's. And it's how we steward that money that matters. So the more money that I can make, the more that I can put into the ministry and provide resources to people to learn how to live a holy lifestyle, to be excited about revival, to be a bold and courageous Christian. That's been super clear to me that those are the things God wants me to talk about and educate people on. But to do that, I need money. And frankly, you know, I've I've exhausted my pension. I left corporate in 2018. I have self-funded this to this point. And so, yeah, you know, it is a ministry, but it shouldn't cause me to go broke in in any ministry. People shouldn't suffer because we're Christians and drain our bank accounts because we're Christians so that you can get it for free. It's valuable and it's worth paying for. And we do see that that, you know, the biblical principle behind the laborers worthy of his hire and let a workman not be ashamed of his work, right? We see the example of all of the New Testament believers who used their businesses. I'm thinking of Lydia, the seller of purple, of Paul making tents, of others who had businesses and used the means from those businesses to be able to help spread the word of God throughout the world and support what God was doing in the lives of other believers. And if a ministry or a business does go broke, as you said, like then how is it going to self-perpetuate? How are we going to keep this going if there's nothing in there? And I love the parable of the talents in the New Testament in Matthew because in in that story, we see the the owner entrusting his servants with something with the expectation that they were going to grow it. And I don't believe that God entrusts us with things just so that we can go out and maintain as the one servant did, right? He was he was reprimanded for that because he just maintained. And the ones who grew the thing for, for the owner were the ones who were praised and were entrusted with even more. And I think that that principle is one that we need to keep bringing back to the forefront in our businesses. And um, I just love that. What would you say is your unique flamingo advantage in this kind of hybrid ministry business that you have what sets you apart from others that are doing a spiritual training in the field right now? Yes, I do see me completely different because I'm bridging the gap. We have, you know, Beth Moore and Lisa Techhurst and uh, Billy Graham's children. They're all in, and now grandchildren. We have all of these amazing people that do ministry and they do it really well. For the most part, though, they have not lived lives like you or I may have lived, you know, we haven't, they hadn't worked in corporate. They hadn't been out in, and not that I can't say they haven't been in the real world because they have, but their real world is different than my real world. 
And so for me, I think I'm bridging that gap between ministry and just everyday people. And so I'm an everyday person. I'm just a girl trying to figure this out. I have had no special training (laughs) in ministry. I love the Lord, and that's really my heart. And then I've had the special training with my doctorate to know how to do research and write. But my my corporate experience, I worked from the ground up. I had no silver spoon. I I had to start at the ground level and work my way up into to management roles. And it took, you know, twenty five years to get to where I was. And then starting a business. Oh my goodness, talk about a mental a mental shift where you go from like the peak level of you're the subject matter expert to now okay, I'm at the bottom rung of the ladder again, and I have no idea what I'm doing. So having to relearn all of that. And I think that's more of the, you know, the the everyday person. We're trying to figure things out. You know, we're just doing life and life is busy and we have kids and families and all of that. And that's me. I'm bridging that gap between let's talk about ministry, but let's integrate that into our life. So my blog is called Whole Life Discipleship, and it's to help people just integrate scripture into their life every day. Let's talk about the everyday people and then pair that um, integration of scripture into our life so that we can truly know, how do we do this? How do we, how can we be Christian and live a holy lifestyle? Thank you so much for being our guest today, Dr. Deborah. We really appreciate you. For those of you that are listening, we want you to be sure and connect with her, drdebradeen.com, her membership over at His Kingdom Matters. Dot com and check out that book, Jesus Come Revive America. Um, happy to get happy to have you get a copy of that and share it with friends as well. So um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, um, for spreading that passion for revival and living every day a holy lifestyle. Uh, we really appreciate you. Well, thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me on the show. I always love being a guest on your show, and I love the work that you're doing. So thank you. My friends, remember that your message matters. And someone out there needs what you have to say today. So be bold, be courageous, go out there and let your pink show uh, keep being a flamingo. We'll see you on the next episode. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and consider joining our free listener community at theflamingoadvantage.com. Remember, my friends, your message matters and your voice is needed. Don't be afraid to let your flamingo show.